The Mountain Vista Baptist Church podcast features the preaching and teaching of Pastor Robert Perry and the guest speakers of Mountain Vista Baptist. The purpose of this podcast is to help believers grow, to edify the saints, and to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let's go to the book of Luke, Luke chapter number 8, please. Luke chapter number 8, this morning will probably be a a somewhat familiar portion of Scripture for many, um, but over the last couple of weeks, we've been studying here on Sunday mornings a series that we've called This Changes Everything. And what is the this in the This Changes Everything statement? Of course, the this is the gospel and the message of the gospel. We've uh, discussed over the last couple of weeks, in fact, the first week, we discussed the story of two that were in need of the grace of the gospel. Uh, that was the story of what many of us know as the prodigal son. But we saw in that story that there was not just one, but there was actually two that needed that message of of God's saving grace, the message of the gospel in both the younger and the older brother. Then in week number two, we looked at Colossians chapter three and and saw how Paul, the apostle Paul spoke to the church at Colossae there and and spoke about the radical change that the gospel brings into the life of the believer. Then of course, over the last couple of weeks, we were in the book of Isaiah chapter 53, chapter 54, and, and saw how the gospel flows into our life on a daily basis as a believer. Unfortunately, um, Many times we just get in this wrong mindset that the gospel message only has impact for us the day we trust Christ. That it impacts us, yes, that we get saved, we have a home in heaven, and all that is settled, but then it has no bearing or no effect on us uh, throughout the rest of our life. In fact, uh, that's why many a times when as a believer we hear a preacher preach a salvation message or a message that would deal with the gospel, uh, it's kind of like we check out. We're like, well, I'm hoping that somebody that doesn't know Christ will listen, uh, but though I've already heard this over and over and over again, so it really doesn't apply to me, but it does. And I think we're going to see even more today even that it does apply to us. But last week, of course, and the week before in Isaiah, we met this and saw this uh, picture of a barren woman. And we said in the culture of those days that a, a woman who could not have children was really despised and looked down upon in the culture and, uh, and many times had no reason to rejoice, no reason to be glad or happy. But the Lord said in Isaiah to the barren woman to sing aloud, to rejoice and to be glad because he was her husband. What he was saying was, listen, the, I bring you joy. I bring you fulfillment. And that's what the gospel calls. That's what the gospel teaches us, that in Christ, we are new creatures. And the old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And in that, we have a new set of values. We have a new set of, uh, our hearts been re- newly structured as well into caring more about things that are eternal than things that are just temporal and what the Lord really thinks of us and knows about us than everything but everybody else would know about us or care about us as well. But here this morning in Luke chapter number 8, I want you to read with me in verse number 22, and we're going to read down through verse number 26. Luke chapter 8, verse number 22. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell, he fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? 
For he commandeth even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Notice verse number 26. And they arrive at the country of the Gerardians, uh, and uh, which is over against Galilee. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you this morning for the opportunity to be in your house, and we ask now that you just bless our time together in your word. Give me the word to speak as I deliver it. Lord, I ask that you help us to hear from it, help us to draw closer to you through it, that you be our and glorified and praised in everything said and done, that your will might be accomplished. And we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. This morning, we're going to discuss out of Luke chapter 8 here, the fact that how the gospel impacts the believer's life and in the midst of the storms of life as well. It's been said before that we are either coming out of a storm, currently in a storm, or about to enter into a storm of life. And uh, that's truly the, the, the case. We've all probably been in storms. There are probably here people with us this morning that are currently right in the midst of a storm of their life that they, they, they don't know necessarily uh, when it's going to end. They don't know how it's going to end. They don't know what's going to take place through it. They don't know what experiences are going to be experienced through it, but they're, they know they're in a storm right now. Maybe you haven't just come out of one and maybe you're currently not in one, but maybe you're dreading when the one is going to come. Uh, because it's just how it works. It seems like we're either coming out of one, in one, or one is soon on the horizon. Uh, we've been, uh, we took prayer requests during our uh, Bible study hour here in this class, and one asked or, and, or offered praise to the Lord for the rain. And we do praise the Lord for the rain and, and, uh, and what it's done for, for our, our region here recently. But with rain, oftentimes also come storms like real storms, heavy storms. Maybe sometimes it brings hail along with it or things or strong winds that might destroy. And sometimes storms get really scary. Uh, this past week we were at camp and I'm not, I've not said much about it because we're going to give some of the teens opportunity to speak tonight in the service to tell how the Lord has worked and, and uh, in their lives and what they enjoyed about camp and things like that. So I don't want to steal anybody's thunder this morning talking about storms and thunder, but never was. Uh, but I don't want to steal anybody's thunder this morning. Uh, we're gonna, but this past week at camp, it's monsoon season. And so there's a, a chance of rain every afternoon while we were there. And uh, sure enough, uh, for several of the days, some rain came in. It only lasted for a little bit and moved on. And it didn't really mess up much of our programming. But Thursday and the Friday and the Saturday, up especially northwest or northeastern Arizona, I don't know about necessarily down here, but up there, it was forecasted for major rains, extreme flooding, flash floods, and all of that. And uh, that could have really messed up our, uh, the rest, the ending of our week and changed all the plans for camp. It could have really changed how we got back from camp also, uh, coming down off the mountain and all of that. But thankfully, the Lord you know, really held off the reins uh, to where it wasn't. We got what was needed, but didn't get any flash flooding where we were at or anything like that. But Thursday night, Thursday afternoon, we had all the activities and everything. We've been watching all day for the rain and, and uh, seeing whether or not it was going to come. But Thursday night, we're in the cafeteria eating dinner, and sure enough, it started raining. It wasn't just raining, it was pouring. Sheets of rain coming down. I mean, and we're all, everybody's in the cafeteria and the building, the main building is pretty neat, a log cabin-like thing. And, and uh, on the main floor, if you, would you come in on, actually is kind of like built into the side of the mountain. So the back part of it has a balcony that overhangs. It's beautiful. And uh, so we were all in the cafeteria eating. And when that rain started pouring down, coming down like it was, man, the kids were like, whoa! All the teenagers ran outside onto the balcony, were watching the rain pour down and everything. But when a strong storm comes, 
comes by comes thunder and lightning as well. And so they're all out there watching the rain and they're mesmerized by it until all of a sudden the flash of lightning came and boom, a thunder rolled right behind it. And all the kids jumped and scattered and ran back into the building and such. And man, it came down for quite a while. Uh, but thankfully, all of our activities were scheduled for the indoors for that rest of that night. But then, of course, Saturday, we drove back. It was raining all day. Thankfully, the Lord protected us and didn't give us any severe weather or anything along those lines. But I wonder, when we're talking about storms in that way, I wonder how many of us have ever experienced the storm of life and experienced times where it's just turbulent and trials are, are just abounding. Can I say this morning, life is filled with storms. Life is full of trouble, and uh, if we're going to have them, then how can we make it through them? That's the question. If we know that storms are going to come, and if we realize that trials are going to be a part of our life, how do we make it through? And if we can't avoid the storms, if we can't avoid the trials and the tribulation, then how do we survive them? I'm here to submit to you this morning that there is hope. There is hope in the midst of the storms. And for those of us who will but look to Jesus Christ, he is an anchor that is sure in the midst of these storms. One day a woman was speaking with D.L. Moody and she came to him and said, Mr. Moody, I found a wonderful promise in scripture and went on to quote Psalm 56.3 that says, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Mr. Moody said, that's a wonderful promise. But he went on to say this, but he says, let me give you a better one. And he went on to quote Isaiah 12 and verse number two, which says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. And he said, hey, it's, it's one thing to know that God is with me. And so what time I am afraid, I'll trust in him. But it's an even better thing to realize that I have him and I can trust him at all times. And there's no need to fear in those ways. See, clearly the disciples found themselves in the midst of the storm in our text here before us this morning. And as we look at this account and ponder the storms of life, I want to discuss the fact of how the gospel impacts the storms of our life. How the gospel impacts the storms of our life. Notice with me first off, before we get to the, the wrapping our head around that, notice with me, number one, the certainty about storms. Look at verse number 22 and 23. It says, came to pass on a certain day that they, he went into the ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, let's go over to the other side of the lake, and they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. See, my friends, the text reveals some truths concerning storms for us today. <clears throat> and as we <clears throat> excuse me, consider the certainty about storms in our life, we realize that the Bible explains here that storms are unpredictable. Look at verse number 22 with me again. Verse number 22, it says that he, it was a certain day. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't any special day necessarily. It was just a regular certain day. And the Bible says that he went into the ship with the disciples and said, let's go over to the other side of the lake. And they began to launch forth. But in verse number 23, it tells us that as, they were, as he fell asleep, there fell down a storm of wind on the lake. They were filled with water and were in jeopardy. Can I say this, this morning that as Jesus was getting into that boat and as the disciples were packing up to go along with him to the other side, I wasn't there. I can't go back to the forecast for that day and tell you for, for certain. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm reading the text and I'm looking at it and it seems to me that some of the wording that is used there 
that it probably the storm was not off on the horizon. As they packed up into the boat that day, I don't think that the storm was off in the distance. They were saying, well, if we hurry up, we can get to the other side before the storm gets here. It says it was just a certain day. It wasn't anything special about it. It didn't say it was on a stormy day or anything like that. It was just a certain day. But notice in verse number 23 also that it says there came down a storm of wind on the lake. It was not that the wind picked up. It's just that it came down upon the lake, it says. And so we find that they, the, the storm that they were experiencing, they couldn't have predicted it. They couldn't have said, oh, we, we, we've got to hurry up, or hey, we're about to go out here, and we know that a storm's coming. It was unpredictable. And truly this, listen, truly, storms in our life, the storms of life are truly unpredictable. I promise you that you did not wake up today thinking, I bet something bad's going to happen today. Or at least if you did, you didn't know exactly what it was. You didn't wake up this morning, getting ready for church, go out to your truck, put the key in the ignition, turn the key over and nothing happened and say, I knew that was going to happen, like it did to me today. I, was get, I got ready. We'd been gone all week. I hadn't been in my truck all week long. Got ready this morning, went out there, turned the, the key over, and nothing happened. The, the battery's bone dread, dead dry. I run inside. Jen's still getting ready. She's got like half her hair fixed, half of it not. And I was like, you got to take me to church. And so she got, got the kids. They're in pajamas and everything. And they come drop me off at the church and get me here. And she goes back and gets ready and all of that. But uh, listen, I did not wake up predicting that my truck wasn't going to start. I did not wake up predicting that something bad was going to happen. And when storms come in your life, I promise you this, you didn't predict for them to come. You might have thought, that, you know, I know bad things can happen, but you're not predicting for them to come. We know that according to Mark chapter 4, that the, the time that they had had before this had been a productive day. They'd been accomplishing much. And if they were, I, I would submit that if the disciples were predicting anything for the rest of that day, that they were predicting much of the same of what they'd experienced. Man, we've had such a productive day here on this side, and Jesus has been doing great things and miracles, and, and his teaching's been on point, and man, it's been great, and all of this, and, and, and he says, let's go to the other side. And if they're predicting anything, I bet they were predicting that much of the same was going to happen, but they weren't predicting the storm to come. Can I also say this morning that as we consider the certainty about storms in our life, they're not only are they unpredictable, but they're also unpreventable. There was nothing that the disciples could have done once they were out on that water that would have kept the storm from coming. They could not have stopped it. They could not have, they could not have uh, driven, you know, sailed around it or whatever. There was nothing they could do to stop it because storms are unpredictable and storms are unpreventable. I think oftentimes as a believer, as a Christian, as someone who goes to church or someone who considers themselves to be religious, they think that if they just do things that are religious, that in return, God's going to bless them with smooth sailing. Can I show you something here this morning from the scripture? The disciples had just been with Jesus all day before this, doing his work, doing his will. Jesus got in the boat with the disciples and he said this, look at verse number 22 with me again. Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. What did they do? The end of the verse says this, and they launched forth. As they are in the boat, sailing to the other side of the lake, are they doing God's will? Yes or no? Had they been with Jesus and doing his will before getting in the boat? Yes or no? 
Were they doing his will and doing what he wanted them to do when they got in the boat? Yes or no? He was still in their presence while they were in the boat. Yes or no? And the storm still came. Because, And I think a lot of times we think somehow that just because we do things for Jesus or we call ourselves religious or go to church that everything's going to be perfect in our life. We have to realize we live in a sin-cursed world. And no matter what we do in our life isn't going to cause storms not to come. Because storms, they're unpredictable. They're unpreventable. In fact, Jesus said these words in John 16, 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. Oh, yeah, see, that's why we're going to have a, it's just going to be smooth sailing. It's going to be hunky-dory. Jesus said, in me you're going to have peace. But that wasn't the finishing of his sentence or his, uh, of his phrasing here. He says, in me ye might have peace, because in the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. He said, you're going to have troubles. Storms of life are going to come, but rest in me because in me is, is where you find true peace. And you can find true peace in me because I've overcome the world. And so we have to realize as we consider the certainty of the storm, they're unpredictable. They're unpreventable. But also notice verse number 23. It says, and there came down a storm on the lake and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. Can I say this morning that when the storm arose for the disciples, it was unmistakable. It wasn't as if they were sitting there thinking, hmm, I wonder if this is bad, as water started lapping up over to the sides of the boat. As, uh, as they began to realize that the water was here and the top of the boat was here and it starts to be <laughs> leveling out, they're not wondering if we're in trouble. They knew immediately that they were in trouble. And when storms in our life come our way, we're not sitting there saying, hmm, is this bad? <laughs> is this a storm? Is this, we know, we know we're in trouble. We know that tribulation has come. We know that problems are on our doorstep. See, if we, we all have seasons of discouragement and we all have times where we just aren't happy with our current situation, those, those are really not storms at all. Because when storms come, you truly know it. You truly know that there's trouble. See, the winds began to blow, the Bible tells us here, and the waves began to rise, and the, the boat began to fill with water. Could you imagine being there? I, I, I saw on Facebook, some of my friends on Facebook uh, shared last night a camp in New Mexico, and we praise the Lord for the safety that he gave us at camp and the provision he gave our, our church because a camp in New Mexico uh, experienced great flooding and rains and downpours. A mudslide came through, and the mud came into their cabins and into their lodge, and, and they have to cancel this next week of camp. Uh, not the one we went to, but a different one uh, because of the mudslides and the rain that they had. I'll tell you something. When they were standing in the cabins and mud started to come in, they knew they were in trouble. When the disciples were in the boat and water started to fill up the boat, they knew they were in trouble. And I'm just saying here this morning that when storms come into our life, they're unmistakable. We know that they're upon us and we know how that they're, they're about to attack us. Not only do we see the certainty about storms, but also in the storm, there's chaos. And so notice, secondly, the chaos of storms. Verse number 22, again, it was a certain day. He went in the ship with his disciples, and he said, let's go over to the other side of the lake, and they launched forth. But notice verse number 24, after the, after the wind began to blow and the water started to fill up the boat, and they realized they were in jeopardy, it says in verse number 24, they came to him. 
and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. This storm had the potential to do damage to the ship. This storm had the potential to take lives. It was a strong storm that was causing much concern. Let's not forget who's in the boat. Some of the disciples of Jesus, right? If we remember where Jesus called some of them from, some of them had been fishermen. They were used to being out on the water. I promise that they had been caught out in the water before when it had started raining or a storm blew up. They knew whether or not it was one that they could keep on staying out there and saying, just one more fish. Or they said, we need to get back soon. This one was a doozy. This one was one that you did not want to mess with. It was a serious storm. And in the midst of this serious storm, we see how it affected them. And we get a glimpse sometimes in how storms of our life affect us as well. Within the midst of the chaos of a storm, oftentimes it will affect our focus. Look at verse number 22 with me once more. It was on a certain day, they went to the, he went in the ship with his disciples. What did he say to them? Let's go over to the other side, uh, unto the other side of the lake. And what did they do? They launched forth. What was their purpose of being in the boat? To get to the? It's not a chicken joke. It's, 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 it, what was the purpose of getting to the, to, in the boat? To get to the other side. As they were in the midst of the lake, what was the purpose of staying in the boat? To get to the? Even when the storm came, what was their plan? To get to the? But in the midst of the storm, they forgot about the other side. And the only thing they were looking at was the winds and the effects of the winds. All that they could look at and focus on was the waves crashing into the boat. All that they could focus on was jeopardy. Not Alex Trebek, but I mean literal jeopardy, like about to lose my life. That's all they could focus on. They could not focus on the fact that God said, we're going to the other side. These are men who had walked with Jesus. These were men who had seen him do miracles. Physically, with their physical eyes, saw them happen. These were men who heard with their ears his, his literal voice speak the words that he had been preaching and teaching and heard him say, we're going to the other side. And when the storm came, their focus was completely taken off of his word, completely taken off of his promise, completely taken off of their destination and put on the circumstances that surrounded them. How often does that happen to us? We know God's promises. We know that he's with us. We know what he said he's going to accomplish in us, but then the storm comes and it's like we forget all about it and all we see is the circumstances. All we see is the problems and oh, how the chaos of a storm affects our focus. The chaos of the storm also affects their faith in verse number 24. And they came to him and awoke him saying, notice what they called him. Say it out loud with me. Master, master. They recognized him as master. And they said these words, though, we perish. Mark chapter 4, verse number 38, gives us a little more information into this this situation. Mark 4, 38 says, "And and he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest carest thou not that we perish? See, this storm began to affect their faith in whether or not they believed that Jesus even cared for them. That if Jesus was even concerned for them any longer. 
See, my friends, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 5 gives us this promise. He said this, he says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. Why? For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And my friends, when we've got the promise of God that says, hey, he's going to be with us until the end. He'll never leave us or forsake us. But then the storm comes and it starts to shake our boat, the life that we live. And there's utter chaos going on around us because of the storm. We begin to get our eyes off of, off of him and we lose our focus and it begins to affect our faith. And we wonder, can God really be trusted? Is he really going to take care of us? Notice, <laughs> listen, this storm is going on and chaos is ensuing. I promise you when it says, Master, Master, we perish, they didn't come to him and say, Master, Master, we perish. It was more like, Master, Master, we perish. Could you imagine me and waking up like that? Man, a couple weeks ago, we had just, we put the kids to bed. We had went to bed ourselves. It's probably around midnight or so. All of a sudden, I hear this great commotion outside in the hallway. Our, our oldest daughter, Claire, and our youngest daughter, Carol Ann, had woken up. Claire's in the hallway. Carol Ann's in the hallway. Carol Ann's crying her eyes out. I don't know what she's doing. Claire's trying to talk to her, but she's not making any sense. And there's like, there's like screaming and crying. And, and that's what I was woken up to. I was like, I was in the dead of sleep at this time. And, and so as soon as I hear it, I'm like right out of bed and hit the door like in two steps, fling the door open. I'm running down the hallway, but I have no idea what's going on. I'm half asleep myself still. And so while they're crying and screaming, all of a sudden I start screaming as well. What's going on? It was utter chaos. I promise you that. I had no idea. My focus wasn't right. I'll tell you, my faith in what was going on wasn't right. Okay, listen, the storm brings chaos, and in the chaos, it affects our focus, it affects our faith, it affects our fervency. Notice the words that the disciples say to him, Master, Master, we perish. That is a statement of just giving up. We're done. It's not, hey, Master, if we don't do something quick, we're about to perish. It was over for, in their minds. There was no hope. And how often do we face a storm in our life and we feel like we might as well just give up because there's no hope in sight? Isn't it strange, though? Isn't it strange that these men re referred to him as master but forgot the fact that he was still master of the storm also? And so we see the certainty of storms. We see the chaos that ensues from the storm. But let me give you some hope this morning as we look at the last part here and notice number three. Consider the conquering of a storm. The conquering of a storm. How does the gospel impact the storms of our life? How does the gospel help us navigate through them? Well, what is the gospel? The gospel is the message of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. And let me just submit to you this morning that when a person realizes their need of a Savior and they accept the message and the power of the gospel message that Jesus Christ died for them, that He rose, and that He lives today so that we might have salvation and have a relationship with God and a home in heaven and escape the penalty of hell, can I say that He calmed and, and, and just completely finished the most important and dire storm that we could ever have in our life, the storm of death and hell? the storm of an eternity in hell forever, 
and now have a place in heaven of perfect peace and rest. When we accept the message of the gospel for salvation, it quiets the most terrible storm that we could ever have. But it's the same message that gives us hope of salvation, that gives us hope of the fact that the Lord is with us day by day as well. So as we enter into the storms of life, when we recall the message of the gospel, when we recall the power of the gospel, it does several things. Let me give you four things here before we close out, and I'll promise that we're going to be quick, but as we consider conquering the storms, we see the disciples here. The Bible tells us in verse number 22 that it says that uh, he answered unto them, uh, um, verse number 22, I'm sorry, it came to pass on a certain day that he went into the ship and his disciples. Verse number 24, it tells us that he came unto him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we perish. Can I say that the first step in conquering their storm was them regarding his presence. And when we remember the gospel message, we remember what Christ has done for us. We remember that he has given his life for us and saved us. It helps us remember that he's ever present with us. Remember Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 5, I quoted earlier, but he said these words, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Can I remind you that even as if you are going through a storm in your life right now, that Jesus is still with you. And in order for the disciples to be able to accomplish getting through the storm, conquering the storm, my friends, they first had to go to him and realize, remember that he's with them. They regarded his presence. Even though their faith was lacking, they never forgot that Jesus was in their midst. You know what happens when you remember the gospel message? It reminds you that because you've accepted it, that he's ever present with you. Not only did they regard his presence, but they also realized his power. Notice verse number 24. Master, master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. Hey, listen, listen. They recognized the power that he had. They recognized all that was going on. They recognized that he had the ability to be able to bring a peace and a calm into their life. And listen, my friends, when we recognize the, the power that God had to save us, do you not think that he has not, doesn't have the power to keep you now? Paul said that I'm, I, I, he said, he said I, I'm committed unto him that will keep me until that day. He said, I, I know that he'll keep me. I know that he will provide for me. And he that begun a good work will complete it. Why is it that we can believe him and trust him to save us for eternity, but we can't believe and trust that he'll keep us right now and provide for us right now? The, power, the message of the gospel reminds us of his power. It reminds us if he has power to save us, he has power to keep us. They recognized this person as well. Look at verse number 25. And he said unto them, where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, what manner of man is this? For he commandeth the, even the winds and the water, and they obey him. See, upon calming the storm, the disciples made a profound discovery. The Lord, Jesus Christ, is God over all. Do you realize that I could have been put on a cross and died, but I have no power to save you. You realize that you could have been put on a cross and died, but you have no power to save anyone. We could take a celebrity, we could take one of the most famous people in all the world and put them on a cross and die, they would still have no power to save anyone. Wherein lied the power for Jesus to save is the fact that he is God. 
And by willingly laying down his life a sacrifice for all, he had the power, he had the ability in his person, who he was, to be able to save us. When we remember the gospel message, it reminds us that it's God who provides for our salvation. And if he provides for our salvation, he provides for us now. But notice, notice, listen, look at verse number 26 and we're done here. And they arrived at the country of the Gerardians, and, uh, which is over against Galilee. What's it say? They arrived. Back in verse number 22, he said, hey, get in the boat with me. We're, where we're going to go? We're going to go to the other side. And they launched out. Even though a storm came, did they make it to where their destination was? Absolutely, they did. And the gospel message reminds us again that while we might face things here on this earth, he's gone to prepare a place for us. And if it were not so, he would have told us. And he's already preparing that place. He's got it ready for us. And one day we will stand before his presence face to face. John chapter 10 and verse number 28, Jesus said this. He said, I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. 2 Timothy 1 and 12, it says, For the which cause also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. See, my friends, the message of the gospel reminds us that he's providing for us a place for all of eternity, and if he can do that there, then he can provide for us now as well. All I'm saying this morning is, how do I navigate the storms of life? How do I get through the trials and the tribulations that I'm going to experience? The same thing that saved you for eternity is the same thing that saves you now. The message of the grace of gospel of Jesus Christ. It's His power. It's going to get us through it. And when we rely on Him, He will get us through. The storms will come, but for the saved, they have an anchor that is sure. Sometimes we'll go over to like maybe Parker Canyon Lake or something and we'll rent a boat and go out there into the waters and such. And, and uh, thankfully, I've never been out there when there's been a major storm arise or anything like that. But even if, listen, even if there's not a major storm, if there's just even the slightest about of, uh, amount of wind, whether it be I rent a paddle boat or a rowboat or a motorboat, when I stop the force that makes the boat to go, it's going to continue to float and move as the wind blows it unless I drop anchor. Those boats come with an anchor that you can drop down. It, it, the rope's long enough to where it's able to sink all the way down to the bottom of the lake. You tie that rope tight to the boat so that that boat pretty much stays stationary right where you want it to. You realize, though, that if a strong enough wind came along with even those anchors that they give on those boats, it could still move the boat. Because the wind's stronger than the anchor at times. I'm here to submit to you this morning, my friends, that Jesus, our anchor, is stronger than any storm that life might throw our way. And when we rest in Him, and when we, put him, uh, put, uh, uh, when we have Him as our anchor, we have nothing to fear, for He is always there for us. So the question is, are you struggling with a storm today? Maybe one's on the horizon for you. Then the major question is this. Is Jesus in your midst? Because if he is, you can face any storm. If he isn't, would you know him today? Can I invite you to stand to your feet with me, please, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, out of respect of others? I'm going to ask one simple question first off, and that is this. How many here would say, Pastor, I know for sure I'm saved. I know that Jesus is my personal Savior. I've trusted him as such. And if I were to die today, I know that heaven is my home. 
I know that Jesus is my Savior. Could I rejoice with you? Just slip your hand up and write back down as a testimony to that. I know Jesus as my personal Savior. I praise God for that in the presence of other believers today. Thank the Lord for being able to know that others are saved here as well. I wonder if there'd be anyone here just to be honest enough to, be, to say, Pastor, you know what? Honestly, I don't know that I'm saved. I don't know 100% sure that heaven is my home. I'm not talking about being hopeful. I'm not talking about maybe so. I mean 100% sure. The Bible tells us uh, that uh, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye might know that ye have eternal life, that ye might believe on the name of the Son of God. You can know for sure that heaven's your home. You don't have to wonder about it. But will there be anyone here to say, Pastor, I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure that heaven's my home. Would you allow me to just pray for you this morning? Just slip your hand up and write back down also. Anybody like that? I'm not sure that heaven's my home, Pastor. Pray for me. Anybody like that? One last question here this morning. How many here would say, Pastor, I do know that I'm saved. I know that heaven's my home. I've trusted Jesus as my personal Savior. But as I face storms in my life sometimes, I just get overwhelmed. I know they're going to come, but it just brings so much chaos, and it causes me to lose focus. It causes me to lose my faith, to kind of waver on my faith sometimes. It causes me to, uh, to just have a lack of fervency for the Lord. Like I feel like I just need to give up. Pastor, I realize that the same thing, same powerful message of the gospel that saved me for eternity is the same message that can encourage me for today. It's the same message that can draw me to remember his power, can draw me to remember his person, that he is God and he's still in control, can cause me to remember his presence, that he's ever with me. And because he's ever with me, I can rely on his provision to get me through. And who here would say, Pastor, Pray with me, please, that as the storms of life rage, that I'd remember the message, the powerful message of, God's, of Jesus' gospel to help me get through it. Could I pray with you this morning? Anybody like that here? Hands all across the auditorium. I'm going to pray, and then the piano is going to begin to play. If the Lord spoke into your heart and you'd like to come forward to the altar, I'd invite you. Maybe you're not able to kneel, though, and uh, here at the front. That's fine, right there in your seat. If the Lord spoke into your heart, I want you to, I hope that you'll respond. I hope that you'll respond to him accordingly. Our Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for your goodness and all that you do for us. Lord, I ask now that you bless this time of invitation. Have your will and your way in it. Lord, if there is anyone here this morning that doesn't know you as their Savior, we ask that they'd respond today as such. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As the piano begins to play, the altars up front are open. If you'd like to come and kneel before the Lord at the altar here, you're welcome. Maybe right there in your seat if you're unable to kneel at the front, you'd call out to the Lord as he's spoken to your heart today.